Hello, everyone. I am Sean Finnegan, uh, your guest host for this very special episode of Medicine for Good, a brand new medical podcast that's going to be hosted by Dr. Julieta Gaviola, who I'm joined by today. Hello. So we had a really interesting episode for this episode zero. Uh, it's going to be a brief and more concise episode that introduces you to Dr. Julieta Gaviola, who is my mom. Uh, and we thought, you know, who better to kind of give you a sense of who she is than her son. I will be doing this once and once only. When episode one releases, it will be hosted by Dr. Julieta Gaviola herself. Um, so mom, are you ready to jump right into it? I am, and I'm so excited to have you interview me. This is Thanks. really great. Yeah, me too. I'm, I am also excited. So of course, you know, being your son, I kind of already know you pretty well. So I've come up with some questions to kind of help the audience get to know you as well. And I think we just kind of talk through it and, you know, uh, kind of give people a sense of what this show is going to be going forward and kind of who you are and what you're bringing to it. How's that sound? That sounds really good. Thank you. Cool. Cool. All right, great. So first off, tell everyone who you are. My name is Julieta Gabiola. I'm a clinical professor of medicine at Stanford University. I teach and I practice medicine. I do mentor students from high school, college, and medical students and medical residents. I'm also the founder of uh, ABCs for Global Health, a nonprofit organization with uh, uh, work in the Philippines serving the underserved and uh, providing access to them, which is really vital to their health. I'm an educator, as I mentioned, a researcher, an author, and a humanitarian. Yeah, so you have a lot of titles. Let's jump right into that. So you mentioned you were a doctor. Obviously, you come from Stanford Medical, but one, something I thought that was really interesting was that you were initially a nurse. Can you tell me a little bit about what drove you to be a nurse and then kind of how you transitioned into becoming a doctor? That's interesting. Nursing was a path for me to, uh, to get into medicine. I'm one of 10 kids in the Philippines, and I grew up in a very, very poor family. So the choice is to grow up poor or to do something for yourself. So I vowed not to be poor. And since high school, I always wanted to go to medical school, but my family could not afford it. And I managed to convince them to send me to nursing school. And I promised them that they will only pay for the first semester and then I could get a scholarship. And I did. So I finished nursing at Far Eastern University, uh, a five-year degree, bachelor's in nursing. And I finished top of my class to maintain that scholarship. I had to work really hard to uh, sustain that. And I finished it and went to the U.S. Uh, so I finished nursing at age 19. Of course, I went to college at age 14 and uh, proceeded to go to the United States and uh, work in uh, trauma at uh, Temple uh, University Hospital. Great. Yeah. And then obviously you ended up at Stanford many years down the line after, you know, your career in medicine. But you mentioned coming from the Philippines. So, you know, you're, you're an immigrant. How many years have you been in the United States now? So I've been in the U.S. now for at least 45 years, and I came out here uh, barely speaking English, and I didn't really know what to expect. I remembered being shuttled from New York. There were 45 of us nurses. Uh, we came in two waves. So they hired 90 nurses to work just at Temple University Hospital. And that's how in demand we were at the time. So I came out here, we landed in New York, and we were 
were shuttled from New York to Philadelphia on a bus. And uh, right close to Philadelphia, I saw all these boarded buildings. And I was looking at a picture that I was expecting. It was like a White House with snow around it. And I said, well, I think they're taking us to the wrong place because all I was seeing were buildings with graffiti and boarded. And I was so scared. You mentioned, uh, you know, you come from the Philippines and you came over. When, when did you come over? Like what year was that? I came in in 1973. Wow. Okay. And what was your perception of the United States kind of before you came? Like, surely you knew a little bit about it. Like, what did you think of the U.S.? What kind of what was the promise as an immigrant? Well, the promise is it's a land of opportunity. And uh, I grew up in Pampanga, which is about 30 minutes from Clark Air Base. And when I was growing up, I looked up to Americans like they were gods, like they look very different. They look, I love their blue eyes, their blonde hair, really quite opposite of how we looked. You know, we have brown skin, quite dark. And these people were tall, they're huge. And I looked up to them when I was growing up and they used to take us to Clark Air Base for a field trip. And I always wanted to go to the United States. So it was a dream of mine. And so coming to the U.S., that was such a reality, and let alone my vision at the time to be a doctor. And I didn't really know that I would actually become one. Yeah. And so when you came to the United States, kind of, you know, how, what was different about it compared to what you had perceived it before? Like, was it a culture shock? Like, did it live up to what you had imagined it would be? At first, it, I was shocked because I could barely speak English, even if uh, we uh, spoke English in school, but it, we didn't use English uh, for conversation. So it was very, very difficult. I used to talk to people by the time that I could analyze what they're talking to me about, they're already gone because they lost their patience because I was still trying to translate it in my brain from English to Filipino and from Filipino, I have to articulate myself in English. So uh, most people were not very patient at the time. And it was very, very difficult for us to speak English. Our English is very different. The way we pronounce things is very different and it's kind of funny. And I think you, when you were growing up, you were still making fun of me. <laughs> we didn't have pronouns. We didn't have long E. I remember talking to a patient. I was turning him to change his uh, sheets. At the time, I could not pronounce sheets. So it came out as like the S-H-I-T. And the patient was screaming at me. And I couldn't understand why he was screaming at me. I was just trying to help him. And then he told me that, well, because you told me that I shitted in my bed. And then I said, oh, no, I didn't say that. And the American nurse next to me said, yes, honey, you said that. I heard it. Um, so the next day I came out and I was trying to figure out how to say that word without, uh, without offending the patient. So this time I said, could you please turn over? I will change your bed linens. Good call. Yeah. And to be clear, this is all happening when you're 19, 20 years old, correct? Yes. Yeah. So it must've been a really tough thing to come over and adapt to such a different circumstance, especially not being able to, you know, know the language and stuff. So, you know, I guess... When you get down to like the brass tacks, you started as a nurse, you became a doctor. And you mentioned as a kid that you had always wanted to be a doctor. 
where did that come from? And like, what makes you, what made you want to be a doctor in the first place, you think? Well, when I was growing up, my, my mother was always sick. I remembered her in and out of the hospital. I couldn't understand why he was spitting blood, why he was losing weight. And it turned out that the, that she had TB. But I used to go with her to the hospital and not knowing whether she will come out of the hospital or not. And also when I was growing up, our youngest brother uh, has uh, Down syndrome. And I was always curious why he had Down syndrome. And only to find out that my mother was older when she had him. And of course, he was my younger brother. So he was born after me. And I just skipped that one delivery. I could have had Down syndrome as well. So at that time, it piqued my interest in science. It piqued my interest about giving care to people. My uncle trained me to give injection to my mother. So I was giving injection to my mother. Yeah, so it sounds like from a very young age, you were kind of helping people and interested in helping people. Correct, yeah. Great. Um, Well, that's awesome. So, you know, now we come to what we're doing now, which is this podcast, right? Medicine for Good. So this is interesting to me because you told me a few months, maybe a year ago, that you wanted to start a podcast. And like I do, I kind of laughed because you can barely turn on your computer. How are you going to host a podcast? But I guess like starting at the beginning, what made you want to start a podcast? Actually, let's back up. First off, what is Medicine for Good? Well, Medicine for Good is a feel-good podcast. You know, I would like to highlight stories of doctors, of medical professionals, and the very people that they touch, like the patients, their families, their students, the the other scientists, educators. So it's almost like everyone, like all of us had been touched by a doctor, right? I mean, it's almost everyone from birth to whatever age you are. So doctors also are perceived to be different from others. But I think you and I are the same. We're very much alike. We have our own vulnerabilities, our failures, our joys. And I would like to tell the real story about doctors and about the the people that we meet day to day. That's great. Yeah. And so, you know, this podcast will be going out on the internet. People will be able to find it. What do you hope that listeners or viewers of the show take away from it, you know, in a perfect world? I would like to be able to have people increase their level of understanding on how science and technology would apply to their own daily lives and how to help them prevent diseases and preserve their life and well-being. And that's what I would like to do is translate all this discovery and innovations into practical matters. That's great. Yeah. Where will people be able to find the episodes? Oh, uh, once we get going on these episodes, uh, it will be on like Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google, and YouTube and other major platforms. I don't even know, but we have a team who would put this together, edit it and publish it. And that I don't really know what to do. I could, as you mentioned, I could hardly turn on my computer and try to figure out like what I need to do to do even a good interview and how the sound is going. So hopefully this will come out very well. 
I think it's going great. So basically, people will be able to find the episodes where you would mostly find other podcasts, podcast services, and as well as on YouTube. That's great. Okay. And then I guess just like the big question, why now? You know, you've done so much in your career. You were a doctor for, you know, 40 years. I mean, you still are a doctor and you've been for 40 years. You know, you're a philanthropist through the work that you do through your nonprofit, ABCs for Global Health, which provides, you know, medical services and healthcare and education to impoverished places in the Philippines. And now you're becoming a, a media producer, you know, starting a podcast and stuff. Where does that drive to kind of continue to do more come from? Why now? Like why now as opposed to, you know, some other time? Well, during the pandemic, I actually was able to have quiet time and uh, basically delete all this noise around me. And I had, you know, I had this vision that, you know, we have to tell the story of doctors and nurses and bring science close to people, as I mentioned, for like, practical translation of innovations to their daily lives. Then I thought about it. And also, I'm a person who, as you know, you grew up with me. I always like to do something that's outside my level of comfort. And speaking, this technical stuff is really way, way outside my comfort. When I learn new things, I think that's, I believe that that's a you know, preventing dementia. So if I learn new things, it's good for me. It challenges me. It gives me more energy and momentum. Plus, as, as I mentioned, the vision of like, uh, you know, translating medical discoveries into practical solution on what really truly matters. Great. Awesome. So we're getting towards the end here now. I would say um, just to the audience out there who's listening, I think this is going to be a great podcast that you should really invest your time into and give a chance. You should follow my mom on Twitter. What is your Twitter handle, mom? Dr. Jet. At Dr. Jet on Twitter. And you should also follow her nonprofit organization, which is at ABCs for Global Health. Both of those Twitter accounts will probably be the place where you can find updates about this show and all the other things my mom is doing. Is there anything you'd like to say to the audience in, you know, to wrap up episode zero, the first but unofficial episode of this podcast? Please follow me. I would really learn from you and you could dictate the evolution of this podcast. I'm so excited and yet very like so intimidated and overwhelmed by this, but I'm so excited. So please join me with my enthusiasm and connect with me. I would send you all those information as we go along. And our show will be a 30-minute podcast, um, and it will highlight people in the trenches of medicine. It will highlight true stories, real stories. And again, we will cover topics of interest to you, uh, and we will start with COVID-19, obviously. Yeah, big topic right now that I think we could all use more information on as well as, you know, get back into that habit of listening to scientists about that. Um, Well, thank you so much for your time, mom slash Dr. Julieta Gabiola. I've been Sean Finnegan. This has been the unofficial first episode of Medicine for Good, episode zero. This will be the last time you see me on the show. From here on out, it will be Dr. Julieta Gabiola as your main host. So please support her. Please support the show. Make sure you follow her on social media and tell all your friends about this podcast because it's going to be great. Thank you very much, everyone. Say bye. Bye. Thank you, Sean. And I love you. Love you too. Bye.